Who? Amen? Praise God. So uh, today we're going to tackle a tough subject. We're going to tackle racism uh, in America and around the world. And that word kind of stings some people. And so I want you to just take a deep breath and let it out. And, and, and please have no pre-conformed notions or thoughts or ideas. I am not a political activist, and neither am I politically correct. I say things that our youngest son has to fact check me on. Papa, you probably shouldn't say this. Papa, you probably shouldn't say it this way. And so I try. Are you with me? But hopefully you know my heart, okay? And my heart is for all people, all spectrums of people. And when I say God loves all people, he does love all people. And I understand the whole he can't love all people. No, he does love all people. And maybe all lives don't matter until black lives matter, other lives matter. And I get that too. But if I say all lives matter today, you know that it's because to me, God loves all people. Are you with me? I mean, again, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm not a politically correct guy. I have bad English, but I want you to know what's inside here, okay? And so we may, I don't think we'll take any extra time, uh, but hopefully we won't. Hopefully it all, it all ends good. So, I'm sorry? Thank you. Thank you, Dale. I appreciate that. I know you know I love you. Praise God. So we're going we're gonna to talk about some stuff. And, and I, know, I know you know that the things we're going to talk about. And so I'm going to wrap it all up. So, all right. So praise God. So I think what we'll do is we'll start with our text and that's out of Acts, the 17th chapter, 22 through 26, uh, if we can. And, and I may stop after the first one or two, Caitlin, so just hang with me. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, now, Areopagus is kind of, for lack of a better word, maybe it's, it's the town council, maybe it's like Washington, D.C. He's talking to a bunch of Greeks who think they're smarter than they really are, okay? He's talking to rule makers, he's talking to, like, judges, he's talking to maybe in modern-day Supreme Court, and he says this, he says, uh, men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. And let's stop there for a second, because I don't think First of all, in 21st century, saying someone is religious is necessarily a compliment. Are you with me? It's, it's more of an insult, all right? Like, you know Janie and myself, and for 12 years we've pastored this great church. We're not about religion at all. We're all about relationship, okay? And you have to be, you have to be relational, first of all, with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And if you're not relational through God and son, Jesus Christ, then you have to be relational to the world, those people who don't know Jesus, because that's what Jesus did. He hung out with people so that they could get to know him. And if you read on the text that Janie quoted in Luke's gospel there, the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 6, he said, it is not the well that need a physician. It is the sick that need a physician. And nor, we're not going confusing. So sometimes people say, well, yeah, but we're not going to confuse the different people groups that I mentioned today with being sick or sinful or those things, I'm just going to mention them as these are people groups that we are talking about that all of us need to walk together so that we can understand that Jesus is for all people. Amen? Amen. 
Are you with me? And we're all going to stand in judgment together. And so I think Paul here, although they seemed religious, that's not necessarily a comment to or a compliment to them. Verse 23 then, for as I pass along and observe the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God, what therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Say amen. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needs anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Verse 26, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined a lot periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. Let's stay there for a second. That word nation is, okay, so race isn't technically in the scriptures, okay? Uh, the word nation is, and that word nation is ethos. It's where we get the word ethnicity. So let's read it again in its purest form. And he made from one man, say one man, and he made from one man every ethnicity of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling places. So listen, we're all brothers and sisters. We are all in this thing together. Amen? That's important for us to know as we walk through this today because there's an upheaval in America and around the world, and it's a, it's a perfect storm with 41 million Americans uh, being out of work and people having just stress in their life that when, when a great injustice is done and takes place like it did in Minneapolis a week and a half or two weeks ago, that we, we need to rise up. But listen, and I'll say it say in the first service, I'll say it in the second service, I'll say it uh, again throughout that what was done was George Floyd was wrong. He was murdered, okay? But that doesn't make every police officer bad. Are you with me? And if a, a black person or a white person or a brown person does something to you, that doesn't make every black person, white person, or brown person bad, okay? When in the 80s, some of you are too young to remember this, but in the 80s and the 90s, we had a lot of uh, radical idiots blowing up abortion clinics. And so then people looked down on the church, and the church had to explain itself, listen, we're not part of that group, okay? And so this church does not condone violence. When I say this church, your pastors does not, we do not condone violence of any shape against any person or any protest. If a pro now, here's me. If a protest breaks out in violence, that becomes a riot. Now, I understand sociologists will say, and this is where we need a little bit of grace. Sociologists will say, wait a second. If an abused person or if an abused people group becomes abused for so long, they may become the abuser. Now, I don't like that terminology, but you can see where some people would just say, man alive, enough is enough. Again, I'm not condoning that. I'm just saying, I'm going to 
I'm going to take time to have conversations with people that they can, that I can hear, hey, let's talk. Let, let's hear your story, okay? In light of that, I don't do social media. You all know that. But my wife showed me a clip of um, Carl Lentz, the uh, past, East Coast pastor of Hillsong, uh, interviewing Bishop T.D. Jakes. And I, and I revere Bishop Jakes. I think he's a great man of God. I appreciate his heart and intellect. And here's a 90-second clip that I'd like you to hear as we pr progress into this message today. We want what you want. It's not a mystery. mystery. We, 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 we want to grow old. We, we want to live. We want a chance at opportunities. We want better education. We, we want access to lending practices. We want that when a PPP comes through and a CARES Act comes down, we want the bank to treat us like they treat you and to give equal access to opportunities. We, we want that. We just want to live. And let me say this. There are some people that, that, that are black that get arrested that absolutely should be arrested. They did a crime or they're belligerent or they're out of control or they broke out a window or they were beating their wife or they were abusive or something. And we are not asking not to be arrested. We are just asking not to be tried on the sidewalk. That's all. Just, just don't arrest me, try me, convict me, and kill me on the sidewalk. While you take the other victim who killed eight people in a church. You gave McDonald's. And you take them out to get something to eat. Mm -hmm. As far as I can tell, George Floyd did not get anything from Burger King. And he didn't kill anybody. And you can't say you can't see that. You can't be that blind that you don't see that. And I, and I challenge us today to work on just being better people. That's a good word. That's a good word, church. And so a challenge with the filter of hatred leads to threats and fears in society. I'll say that one more time. A challenge with a filter of hatred leads to threats and fears in our society. And so if we hate a people group that we choose not to understand, get to know, or walk with, then all of a sudden that, that group raises up and it fears us or it threatens us, okay? If we, if we walk through challenges with a filter of love, all right, then we grow as a society. We start to grow as people because we start to understand people. We start to, to be able to walk with those people. I, some of you know I try to work out. My workouts are minimal compared to, to some people. But the other day I was in the, the backyard and I, I have a little area where I work out. At the end of my workout, I'm, I'm, I do this dumbbell bear, bear crawl. And I was doing the dumbbell bear crawl. I do it for 40 yards. And I, I have a 28-minute to 33-minute workout. It's all timed and processed like my life is. And so I got about to 30, I got about to 38 yards and I couldn't breathe. I, I, I literally, I would thought I was going to pass out at two more yards to go. And the Holy Spirit just quickened me. How do you think George Floyd felt when he had no choice? His hands behind his back, somebody's knee on his neck, 
two minutes and 53 seconds past the pass out time. And I thought, dear Lord, maybe we need to know, maybe we need to know how other people feel during this time rather than just quickly judging someone or quickly passing it off or quickly, and I hope church, I hope Grace Church, I hope uh, people that are Christ followers, I hope people in America don't take this just as a passing fancy and three months from now we, we're done with it. I hope we can take it and we can start to live and learn and grow and walk in it so that we know how other people feel. Because I promise you this, if George Floyd would have been a white man in a suit trying to pass a bad $20 bill, that person probably would have thought the bank was at fault. And do you know in our church, I said this earlier and, and Brian asked me not to say it again the way I did. Brian Polk, who counts our money as our, our executive pastor, he's passed $200 bills before that were bad because we've got them in the offering. He's taken them down to the bank, part of the deposit, and all of a sudden the bank calls and says, hey, these two bills are bad. You're going to have to reduce them. They didn't come and arrest them. Maybe they should have. <laughs> uh, now listen, <laughs> I'm just teasing. He knows that. I, I, I want to make sure that we know this is a serious subject. I want to know that we make sure that whenever we talk about race or we talk about social injustice, all of a sudden times we raise up a little bit. Yeah, pastor, you go get them. Or maybe another part where it's like, well, wait a second. You know, what about, and I want to tell you one more time. We, uh, Janie and I went to the protest yesterday. And first of all, I would never go to a protest at 11 o'clock at night because I think only bad things will happen. Okay, if the protest is called for after hours, just maybe make a check in your spirit. We went one of the afternoon, stayed till 2 o'clock. Every police officer I walked by, I said, thank you, officer, for serving. We appreciate all that you're doing. They said, thanks for your support. They were gracious. They were kind. They, along with us, knelt for nine minutes, okay, which, is, again, is about the period of time. Most of the, the signs that I saw were non-threatening. They were not, I mean, they were good, uh, different, different quotes, different sayings, different scriptures. And, again, we're not backing hostility, nor do we back violence. I know some people have questions about different things that maybe were placed on Facebook or Instagram or different things. Listen, if you hear me, we're just all trying to learn together. Amen? And we're trying to learn in a non-judgmental way. We have to walk through this thing together. If we can walk together, the, the church can be a shining light in this moment. We can be a light that shines. Racism is, is a part of of American history that we wish we could all wipe clean. But the fact is, it may take decades, generations for this to wipe clean. But why not start now? Why not start right here? Why not start with each other? Why not, why not be a voice that can be heard, okay? And, and I would agree with what Solomon says. I know some of the signs say, hey, silence is like, is like saying it's okay. Here, Solomon says some people shouldn't speak up because you know what kind of fool they are when they do. So if you have a voice and it's not a good voice, just stay quiet. Just shut up for a moment and let the people that really have a passion for this thing say something that, 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 really, that really is constructive, okay? And by the way, 
the speakers that were there yesterday, uh, for the most part, I, we, we could hear two of them really well. One of them was a pastor in town, a black lady pastor, wonderful prayer, wonderful job. Another one was a mother, wonderful job. There was a black gentleman that spoke. Uh, they did a great, great job. I don't think they were representing any organization. In fact, I'm not even sure they were representing a people group other than, hey, they were recognizing that, that their lives mattered, and I think we need to recognize that as well okay so in in american history when you go all the way back to the emancipation proclamation january 1st 1863 i was surprised and i should have known this but i was surprised it took two full years for that thing to pass congress it should have taken about 90 days but there was such a fight there and then the jim crow laws in effect took place for another 100 years now some of you are familiar with that i i'm ashamed to say i wasn't totally familiar with that but for so in other words they gave black Black people a restroom, but it wasn't the same restroom that the white people went to. Or they gave black people a uh, a uh, water uh, spigot, but it wasn't the same one as the white people. They gave black people a, a place on the bus, but obviously it wasn't the same place as the, as the white people. And that that took place for a hundred more years until Martin Luther King Jr. came and the Civil Rights Act. And I'm not again, I'm not an activist. I'm trying to educate myself. And I want to educate myself in the fact that how does that person feel when they're walking through that? Because I'm a white American pastor who's probably two-thirds done with, with their life. Lord, Lord willing, I've got another 20 years or so. Who, the first black student I went to school with, I was a freshman in high school. The first Hispanic student I went to school with, I was a freshman in high school. The first child from a divorced family I met, I was a freshman in high school, and he became the best man at our wedding. Now, I, I'm not saying I was sheltered, because our parents did a wonderful job. And I do not like the phrase that, again, forgive me, I'm, I may not be politically correct. I do not like the phrase that, well, because we've said it in our home, I don't see color. And now, now you're not supposed to say that. See, I'm, I'm confused. Janie and I have had great lunches this week. Am I supposed to say this? Can I say that? Can I say that? I don't know. Ask Andrew and Emily. I don't know. Why don't you talk to Marcus? Ask Jessica. How, how can I say, would you just hear my heart for a second? I don't see color, but I do see people. And I like what I see. I like the people that I see. I like the people that I see in, in Hickory. I like the people that I see at Grace Church. And when gay people started coming to our church, Janie and I sat with them because I didn't understand the gay lifestyle. <gasps> we got gay people? <laughs> yes, we have gay people in our church. Oh, <gasps> this is the last time I'm going to come. Then shame on you. Because Janie and I got with some, and we started talking to them and starting to understand. Just like maybe some of you need to get with some black people or some uh, brown people. And I'm trying to be really politically correct here. I can't say certain colors and certain people, and I'm so confused right now. <laughs> but when we started to meet with different people groups, when we met with some friends that 
uh, their son was going through a drug problem because our kids were never on drugs. And when I met with people in, that were going through divorce, and I had the, it, it helped me through other situations. And unless I get to know people in those situations, how can I just say, "Man, you you just need to you need to walk through that. You need to get through that." No, as a pastor, as a friend, as a father, as a husband, as a grandfather, as a leader, hopefully, in at least of this church, if not this community, I need to get to know people right where they're at. And so we went to the protest yesterday. I'm not defending it. Neither has anybody said anything I don't think on Facebook, which I don't read. And part of it is because there's so many critical words there. I went so that I could understand what it was like just a smidgen to understand that people have to fight for their rights because there are rights that I did not have to fight for in my life. And I want to apologize to you that have had to walk through those things for whatever reason in your life, whether you're black or brown or gay or addicted or incarcerated. And some would say, what scriptures? Hey, pastor, I don't think these type of people or those type of people, I don't think they're going to go or to heaven or that I don't know that. Jesus loves all people and every person here is going to stand in judgment someday for how they act how they live, how they work, how they treat other people. And so you need to know that because in America, we're, we have been a very, and are a very racist nation. We have prejudices. And I, again, I, will get, I could give you a list, but I will just tell you that nearly every people group in America at some way, shape, or form has had a prejudice against them, okay? And I don't mean to lighten that by what black people are going through. Please don't think I'm minimizing. I am a, a Polish-Belgium-American, and in 1920, the, the KKK was released to, to take out European Catholics from America, of which my grandparents are. And so not that I had to walk through that nor knew anything about it until I studied it. Chinese uh, immigrants couldn't work in the state of California. There was a law against it set in 1879. I mean, if people groups, the Trail of Tears in 1830 for the Native American Indians, which were uh, marched by Andrew Jackson in the middle of winter so that most of them would die to the state of Oklahoma, where when they set up camp there in the reservation, there was oil found, so then they moved into Kansas and South Dakota and parts of Nebraska. There are people groups that have been uh, just, just unjustly uh, crucified uh, in, 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 this, in this country. And by, we need to, as a church, stand up and say, hey, it starts here. At some point in time, we need to be a voice for those who uh, uh, aborted babies. 4,000 babies uh, a day are uh, aborted. We, we need to be a voice. But uh, again, I think we can do it without a political agenda. I think when we look at the Holy Spirit's agenda, when we look at God's agenda, when we look at the agenda of what, of what the Lord would help us to do and cause us to do, maybe that's a good place to start. Amen? So I've got a couple of things for you that maybe you can take away, and we'll see if it works. Number one, we are all, we are all God's offspring. Every single one of us, we're all God's offspring. And so we're in America at one point in time, probably certain people groups were looked down as less than or maybe had a problem or an issue. Listen, we are all brothers and sisters, every single one of us. And then number two, we are all from the same man, Adam. In fact, the, uh, 
Scientists will say, at least the scientists that I read this past week, said yes, all DNA can go back to a single origin or a single beginning. Now, as believers, we would say that beginning or that origin was Adam and Eve, okay? And then it goes back to uh, Noah uh, and his wife, and then Sham, Ham, and Japheth. Then Sham, Ham, and Japheth, uh, theological historians will say that, they, that, that uh, Sham had his, uh, his descendants went into the Middle East and India. Ham, his descendants went into the Middle East and then North Africa and China. And Japheth, his descendants went into Europe and Russia and Asia. And so that we see now that these descendants were spread out. And then we know the Tower of Babel where the different languages and different cultural groups mix. See, God's at the origin of these things. And when we understand that he loves his people, that we need to know that every person belongs to God. Now, again, you might disagree with some of the things I say. You might disagree with, with somebody's lifestyle. You might disagree with somebody's culture or their heritage. But I would say say, make a plea here, take a moment just to see what it's like being somebody else for a moment. When we look at people groups, church, and, and I'd say we're a fairly diverse group, we probably represent the area at least, but when we look at different people groups, it's too easy to mark somebody off, just to, just to cast them aside. Janie and I were in uh, Asheville not too long ago when we drove up, and um, there was a guy on the side with a, with a little sign, and so I said, hey, I man, if I had some money, Janie said, I got some money, and, and we don't always make it a habit, I'll be honest with you, it's, it's kind of a, a spirit thing, you know, and so I, I stuck my hand out and asked him about his dog, he had a really cool looking pet, and so he was walking away, I think he was a little happy, there was something dropped in my spirit, and the car behind me was honking, and I, I thought he was honking for me to get through the green light, but he wasn't honking at me, he was honking at the guy as well, because then he wanted to give the guy some, some money is also. And I, I thought, I let just a random act of kindness to someone who I probably have judged before saying, get a job. Put the cardboard down. And I think maybe if we're not, if we're honest with ourselves, maybe there's a, been a part of a lot of us that have some sort of prejudice or maybe racism in us or maybe even judgment in us or maybe we're just maybe even ignorance or unlearned in us. Number three, uh, love and stand with your neighbor. Love and stand with your neighbor. Hear me on that one. This is what Jesus said, like, who's my neighbor? And they have the really cool T-shirts out there and they list all the people who are neighbor. And I, and I, and I, think, I think of myself that like your neighbor's not the one, according to Jesus' message, your neighbor's not the one who can give that food back to you or who can give invite you back to the party. Your neighbor's the one that maybe nobody else looks out after or nobody else takes care of. Your neighbor's the one who, who's not going to get invited to the party because of maybe something that just the way they look or the way they act or the way they are. Your neighbor's the person who, like, when everybody's throwing a party, they, they're not going to be invited. They're not going to show. That's your neighbor. 
So it's not the neighbor. The neighbor's not the one who, like, we have people we'll go out to eat with, and maybe Janie and I will buy, and maybe the next time those people will buy, or maybe we have certain people over the house because they're part of leadership or something. But that, that, that's kind of a give and take. But your neighbor is the one that maybe nobody else is going to look at or invite or like. One of the overlooked people groups area when I was era when I was growing up were Vietnam vets because they didn't have uh, a Vietnam vet, the Vietnam War conflict was considered a poor man's war because the the Vietnam uh, the kids getting drafted they could get out of the draft they didn't have to go to the conflict if they went to college and so people who couldn't afford to go to college because there wasn't a true GI Bill at the time the kids that couldn't go to college they had to go fight in the war so when they came out of the war they'd seen so many horrible things and all that that the the rioters or the protesters they were like you killers you this and that it was like they were just doing what what they were asked to do by the government but then the government shunned a lot of them they didn't they weren't like backing them or giving them jobs or everything and we had a, a gentleman in our in our neighborhood that that came back and after several years he he bought a house up the street from us and our our neighborhood was 90 95 percent uh, roman catholic all the kids went to Catholic grade schools. All the marriages were intact. I mean, it was just, a, it was like beaver cleaver, okay? And, and so uh, up the street was this guy named David, and he, and he, he was uh, long-haired, and he, had, uh, he smoked weed, and we called it pot back then, but now that's not politically correct. I don't know why you can't call it pot. We call it pot. We called it dope. Can't call it dope, though. I'm looking at my fact checker. Don't call it dope. We call it dope for obvious reasons, but because you're a dope. No, <laughs> sorry. I can say pot. I can say pot. He was a pot smoking, beer drinking, long haired, tattooed, Harley riding vet from Vietnam. And he moved up the street and he wasn't married and we were all married. And I was like eight or nine years old. And I thought it was the coolest thing. That guy's Harley would just buzz through the neighborhood and all the neighbors were just shaking. Oh, there's David on that motorcycle. And it was back in the day when Harleys needed a, you needed a wrench or a toolkit to drive one because you had, a, you had to adjust them every time. And every Saturday night during the summer, this guy would have a party, and there would be Harleys on the front lawn. Like, it was just loaded. Beer cans all over the driveway. And every Sunday, he'd pick them back up. You know, and sometimes the last Harley or two would be leaving down the street. Just the coolest thing. But the neighbors, they did not like that. And, they were, and my dad really respected David because my dad was, served in World War II, and I think he honored the fact that, that David served. And he, he honored David just being a, a long-haired, pot-smoking, tattooed, beer-drinking, Harley-riding guy. I mean, he, I, he was all right with it, you know. And so uh, the summer went on, and then early fall, and like most Harley guys back then, they'd buy themselves an old beat-up pickup for the wintertime. And they just hoped it went through the winter. And so David bought himself a pickup, parked the Harley in the garage, because from Thanksgiving to Easter, it pretty much snows in the Midwest and in the north. There's snow on the ground. In our neighborhood, it was an older neighborhood, and single streets, and you'd park on the street or on your driveway. And once it snowed, it's just like snow wasn't because of where we live and maybe the culture of South Omaha. Our, if it snowed on a Sunday night, our streets didn't get plowed till Wednesday or Thursday. Now, unlike the south where the snow melts at 10 o'clock the next morning, you still have snow on the ground, all right? And, it, and if there's a good snow, like 6, 8, 10 inches, you're out there shoveling. And mom would wake us up at 5 in the morning because they don't call off work in the Midwest and North. 
Sorry, Pastor, I can't make it in. It's supposed to snow on Thursday. But it's only Tuesday. Yeah, but it's supposed to snow. I can't make it in. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see you. <laughs> and so I noticed one day David's walking like from house to house, long-haired, pot smoking, beer drinking, tattooed, Harley riding, Vietnam vet. David's knocking on doors. Hey, you might want to pull your car in the, in the driveway. Like he wouldn't give anybody a reason. He's like, yeah. Mom's like, hey, David Gabalki's saying we should pull the car in. Dad's like, let's pull the car in. And there was a couple of our, my brothers driving at the time. They pulled their car in. The strategy in small, thin streets is to keep your car on the street because that's less that has to be plowed or shoveled out. All right? So you, you have this night, nice blank space so that when you go to work, because, again, they don't close work, they don't close school, you can go to work and then you come, you come back and you grab that spot before somebody else does. But David said, park your car. Well, David was, got a job with the city, and he was driving a, a dump truck. Well, dump trucks, as you might know, in the Midwest and in the North, they become snow plows in the, in the wintertime. And it, 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 he was having people just park their car in their, in their driveway. And so about 5 o'clock that morning, and it's an 8 or 10 in snow, it's dead silence. And, and, and a really cool snow is just beautiful. Like you look outside, there's snow on the trees, there's snow on the ground, there's nobody driving, but you could hear that snow plow coming down. It was 5 o'clock on a Monday morning. It was just like, it was the rumble of the blade on the ground. It was like, wow. And all of a sudden, porch lights are coming on, and people are coming outside. It was the pot-smoking, beer-drinking, long-haired, tattooed, Harley-riding vet that nobody really accepted. He made sure that our neighborhood got plowed first. And I wonder, thinking back, if he wasn't showing more love, loving the neighbor, then maybe some other people in our neighborhood were towards him. Because then all of a sudden he wasn't the, the, he wasn't the, the Vietnam vet. He wasn't the Harley dude. He wasn't the pot, pot smoker. He was David. I wonder if Dave's going to plow, plow again this week. Yeah, Dave did. Every, every time it snowed, Dave came through our, our, our neighborhood first. And not looking at it at the time as an 8 or 9 or 10-year-old thinking, really realizing, man, this guy who wasn't accepted actually really loves his neighbors. And where maybe some of the churchgoers in our neighborhood didn't really love and accept him the way he was. And church, I challenge you, if you'll start loving people right where they're at, just the way that they are, without trying to change them, but allowing your love for them to see Christ in you, then you truly become the neighbor that somebody is looking for. You become that neighbor. You become that person. I asked Coach, Coach, why do you bring those players in every week? Oh, man, or every summer. Oh, I just, I just love them. He pays for them all himself, puts them up all himself, pays for the meals all himself. And like, Coach, man, why don't you... Oh, pastor, it's just, it's just a joy. Love your neighbor as yourself. Listen, one more time. Jesus said, how do we know if these commands are fulfilled? Well, love God with everything in you, heart, mind, body, and soul. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Two more, very quickly. One, speak up for all who don't have a voice in society. That would be unborn babies. 
And listen, if you're in our congregation and if you had an abortion and we know the trouble and the trials and the stress you've gone through, there is forgiveness and you've probably already asked for forgiveness. And by all means, we've forgiven you as well. But there are millions of babies that are unborn that die, okay? And we need to speak up for them. We need to speak up for black people whose lives are taken way too early because of a culture of murder, of a culture of, of, of things. We need, we need to speak up for those who've been abused by people in their own family, incest and rape. We need to speak up for people who, who have lifestyles who are maybe less than acceptable in, in, our, in our community or in our society. Why is that? Because I think that's what Jesus would do. And when Jesus looks at things in our life and we don't speak up and we don't say, hey, wait a second, that's not right, that's wrong. We don't give our voice the power that it has. Last but not least, then, be Christ-like in a godless society. Those are things I tried to write down. Be Christ-like in a godless society. We're post-Christian. You all know that by now. So in other words, we're in the South, and, and as people say, well, we're the belt buckle of the Bible belt. Now, the Bible belt's long gone. It, it doesn't exist anymore. It, it, we have God-fearing people in our church and thankful for it. But we're so post-Christian that some of us can't even explain what a born-again relationship is. We just say, you have to be born again. You have to receive Christ. We're so post-Christian that we don't even really express that to people who maybe are different than us in, in actions or looks or deeds. And, and I want to challenge you today, church. I want to challenge you that if you'll get to know people in your community, in your church. And we went to the protest yesterday and, and Janie and I were a little leery, first of all. I, you know, man, they're going to take a picture of us. We're going to be on the newspaper. People, people are going to be like, ah, you went there. And, and uh, then it was like we were there. And it was so peaceful. And, and, and I have apprehensions, and I should, and I have apprehensions because I want to I, I be careful as a leader that people think of me the right way and that's and that's wrong i need to be i need to be what god wants me to be in christ amen and so do you so stand with me right where you're at I ask i ask the team to sing the song holy water it's of course it's about forgiveness it's got a great beat but i want to say this and i close the first service with it if you are a black a white a brown american if if you are gay, straight, if you have been abused, neglected, if any person has done anything wrong to you as a person, as a Christ follower, I want to ask for your forgiveness on behalf of that person or those people or those people group. Not that you have to forgive me but if you can start to forgive this cycle, I think we can break a curse. I think we can break something that's taking place. And if something started right here with us, I don't think it would end with us. So let me pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the lives that are out here today, those that are watching, those that are viewing. And Lord, we, we speak to injustices in America and around the world. And we ask, Lord, that you, as same prayer Jesus prayed in John 17, you would unite us together. Lord, that you would be glorified in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
so excited. We're going to do something right now. Yeah, you're just forgot. Okay, y'all are so awesome. If you want to just sit for two seconds, just for two seconds, and if you're watching online, we just love it that you joined with us, and you're welcome to stay and watch this, or have a great day. We're just going to do something real quick. Can we get some lights, Aaron? All right, so in the uh, in the 12 weeks or so that um, we were down, but you guys were watching online, we had some really great people that helped us, uh, right, that helped us serve. And so we just want to take a moment to honor those. I mean, there's maybe 15 or 16, uh, and just honor them really quickly. So I'm going to call out some names. We're going to ask you to come on up. We just want to honor you for a second because it takes a village, okay? And it's, it's important for us. So uh, who do you got? So first, Aaron. Aaron, come on up. Aaron runs our media team. So just fly up. Yeah. Aaron runs our media team. And so we have a Grace mug and some fun stuff in it. Sarah, Weinhardt. Sarah, come on up. Come on, Sarah, run. Sarah's a school teacher and we couldn't do it without her. I'll give it to you and you give it over to her, okay? And then, and then we have Marcus, Mark Jr. Woo! Mark Jr. Thank you, Marcus. Come on up here. Stand up here. They need to see you. Mark Bess. Mark Bess. Come on up here, buddy. Wow. Mark was our greeter. Mark didn't have anybody to greet, but he did the greatest job ever. He, he had to keep some people. Like, come on up here, Mark. Step up here. Danny. Danny, come on up. Come up here. Come on, get off that camera, come on. Come up here, Danny. All right, come on, we, we need you up here, all right? So, awesome. yeah, yeah, right there. Uh, come on up, okay. Caitlin, Caitlin, come on up, Caitlin. Caitlin's another school teacher. Caitlin also runs our nursery, and since we haven't had nursery, we just thought, how cool would it be? And she stepped right in and said, no, I'm going to be here every week. Marcus, can you give that to Caitlin for me, please? I know that's socially unacceptable for you. Daniel McGallier. Daniel, come on up here. Daniel oversees the cameras for the live stream. Oh, Jessica. Jessica runs our sound. She, uh, she runs the sound both live and in-house, and so... Uh, and and uh, she doesn't like criticism, so every time, just say, yeah, it sounded great, Jess. <laughs> it does sound great. Thank you. Come on up here. Brian Polk. Give it up for Brian Polk. Awesome out here. Thank you, Brian. Wow. Emily. Emily. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. Andrew. Thank you, Drew. Oh, wait. Folks. Folks. Woo! <laughs> All right. Oh, Henry. Henry. Thank you, Henry. Can I set it there? All right. Thank you, Henry. Drew. This Drew. The real Drew. Right there, buddy. Thank you. Greg. Greg died. Greg died. He's... He's cleaning the bathroom. So, Greg died. <laughs> and Lisa. Thank, thank you, Lisa. Can I sit in there? You think? All right. Is that it? And then I. So then, honey, I wish you. We ran out of. We 
ran out of stuff, so <laughs> can you give it up for our people that helped the last 12 weeks? Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Jessica and Marcus and Caitlin, Lisa and Henry and Drew and Janie and Emily and Sarah and Aaron and Danny and Daniel. Hannah's back with us. Folks and Brian. Listen, we love everybody. I hope you know that. We love you as well. God is good, right? And he, and he, listen, I think God's getting ready to do something really cool. Let's allow him. Let's stand one more time and ask Janie to close it in a word of prayer. Father, we love you and we thank you so much that you are so good and that you take care of us, you protect us under that shield, under those feathers, under the, the wings of protection. And we're counting on that and we're living in that in Psalms 91. And all that you have for us, we receive that great word today that you love every one of us just the same. And Lord, we all come from the same person, Adam. So we are one and we are counting on that. We love you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed. We love you. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.